Hello everyone and welcome back to our podcast, Critical Conversations. My name is Emily and I'm joined here by Beatrice and we are your hosts for today. Today we are celebrating International Women's Day where we want to shine a light on influential women who are leading the way in healthcare in Ireland. And what better way to start this conversation than talking with the CEO of our hospital, Mary Day. Mary, thank you for joining us. Would you perhaps begin by sharing a little bit about yourself, particularly how you transitioned in your career from clinical to corporate, and why you're passionate about St James's Hospital? First of all, good morning. Good morning, and uh, thanks very much for inviting me uh, as part of this podcast. I'm delighted to participate. Um, I suppose just a little bit about myself. I uh, I, I, qualified, I trained as a nurse actually before I went into nursing. I did actually spend um, three years in college uh, doing accountancy so it was a transitioning it was a 360 degree transitioning but um, I went into nursing in the 80s uh, trained in the UK uh, predominantly around London and uh, came back here then took a year out to go traveling before I came home and then came back in early 2000 and I came to St James's and um, I suppose in fairness that was probably one of the first transitioning part of the role because when I worked in London and that my background is an oncology nurse, it was very much clinical, hands-on, um, even though I was at a, a senior level, you were still, so you still had clinical remit to your role. So when I came back to St. James's and took on the Assistant National Director of Nursing for the Hope Directorate, um, sorry, the Assistant Director of Nursing for the Hope Directorate, um, yeah, so that, that was the first, I suppose, really exposure into maybe what was more a middle management role. And... Um, yeah, and, and then I suppose in relation to how that evolved then was that when I left St. James's then in 2006, I think it was, I moved into the Department of Health for a couple of years. And that was an interesting role because that was um, looking at the policy direction of nursing. Um, and I was in the nursing policy unit. Um, and it gave you an awful lot of exposure in, re in relation to how policies being made. And then then I, I was fortunate then to get the director of nursing role in, in the matter. Um, and then that, that sort of evolved my career in a different direction in relation to becoming the Chief Operating Officer then in, the, in a number of years, then the Chief Exec, and then I evolved into the Group Chief Exec, and then I'm, I came back in here to St. James's. But you asked me why I'm passionate about James's, and I suppose one of the, the key reasons was for coming back was I believe that James's has, it, you know, it's a very important acute hospital. It is the largest teaching hospital in Ireland. Um, it's sitting on a campus that, you know, has a wealth um, I suppose in, in relation to what it can offer in relation to the Irish health system, co-location with, with the National Children's Hospital, future trial location, uh, having Trinity on campus. So one of the reasons I'm passionate about James's is, um, you know, it, it, it's always forward thinking, it's always looking at how it can lead out in relation to policy. And I suppose one of the, the other reasons I was very keen on coming back here was developing that academic health science central model um, that I've spoken about in my strategy. Okay, very good, thank you. And um, what would you say then has been the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome in your career? Uh, okay, well, I'm thinking about this <laughs> when I looked at it, actually, in fairness, and I suppose, you know, as you evolve your career, there's always been a number of challenges, but I suppose transitioning is always a challenge in its own right. Like, even transitioning from, as I said, working in England, working as a clinical role, and then coming mm -hmm. back and working. Actually, that was a, a challenge in its own right, because not only were you, you know, adapting, even though, uh, even though I'm Irish and everything, but I've never worked in healthcare in Ireland until you know until I came back to St James's. So I think that was a transitioning part. 
Um, and then I suppose the, the transitioning into chief executive role, I suppose, was challenging in its own right. I think when you're when you're in the system a long time and you're you know you've worked at senior level and you've worked especially in nursing because I think nursing is great exposure to actually how the hospital works 24/7. But it does transitioning into a chief executive role. I think you you, you I suppose you believe you know 70 or 80 percent of how actually how a hospital runs, but Actually, when you, you move into that role, you probably only realise, when we're saying this to somebody a few years ago, uh, you probably only realise, you know, 60% of our hospital work. Mm -hmm. So there's all that, I suppose, that, that challenging element of how we uh, interact with our funders, how we interact with the system. Um, I suppose it being responsible for the hospital 24-7 uh, uh, and, um, you know, I suppose at, at the end of the day, you're the accountable officer that has to deliver. Mm -hmm. um, for the hospital and for the system, so that yeah, that in itself is is, is challenging. Very challenging. Um, yeah. I think that just to think about it as well, I think the group role is challenging in a different perspective because it's challenging, as well in relation to how I think you you saw, an, I suppose, a very in depth part of the health system in relation to when the groups were first formed. Um, it was that you were, I think the at the, at the time you look at the Higgins report, um, you know, they talked about evolving into hospital trust. And then I suppose with the different directions in relation to Slauncher care, that became different in relation to that the hospital group was, um, you know, no longer seen, I suppose, as uh, how it evolved into hospital trust, but then, I suppose, then transitioning that into new health systems and health mm -hmm. structures. So when you're working in a system that the system is changing uh, as you're trying to deliver, I suppose, a new structure, uh, that, that was a very challenging period, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, you mentioned there about the academic health sciences centres then, so, and you've said before that your ambition for James's campus is to develop this world-class health system and working with the partners as, as an academic health science centre. Um, can you tell us about the concept of this then and what you think the biggest challenges will be in it, being able to deliver on it? Yeah, so this is, this is what I'm really excited about and, you know, I, I, I personally believe that if there's any um, system uh, that's going to deliver an academic health science centre. It's here in St James's with Trinity. Um, I suppose really what, what what we're looking at there, um, and, and it's something that I think people say, well, you know, we have a large teaching hospital and university. Is that not what we do anyway? But I think it's slightly different in fairness. When I suppose really what what I'm talking about is repurposing that relationship between the university and the health system and. Ideally, that you're both um, very much aligned in relation to all parts of the delivery system, so that one very much depends on the other. Uh, and I think there's an element that that does happen, but I think if you're talking about an academic health science centre, it's really about integrating the research, the innovation, um, the academia with the service delivery model. And that would mean that, you know, when we're looking at developing our services into the future, and as you know, I want to evolve from the directorates into institutes that you know that there is academia research embedded into those institutes and how that's going to be funded going forward as well would be an important aspect um, but I, I suppose when I look at that you know I'm, I'm reflecting on you know some of the I suppose really big health systems in North America if you look at John Hopkins would be that I suppose the mecca in relation to what you would aspire to but in, in relation to I suppose looking at some of the European health systems around the Karolinska um, you know, in the Netherlands, I think there's some good health uh, examples there. In the UK, to a lesser extent, around how they involved academic health science centre, but I think one of the ones that we would definitely would, would like to aspire to would be Cambridge, especially um, as part of the cancer programme, but overarching in relation to what 
the Academic Health Science Centre could deliver. Um, so it is a really exciting prospect. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it's beginning to, I suppose, starting to move now. I've been look, talking about this a long time, and even when I started in the matter in 2008, there already was a, a, a concept there around the Dublin Academic Medical Centre, and here in fairness, there was already a Trinity Health. So this isn't new, um, but it is, I think, beginning now, it is getting some traction. And I suppose the other thing I, I would say as well is, there's only space in Ireland for one of these, and um, I think the opportunity to have it on this campus will be really exciting. And also, I think there's another opportunity in relation when you look at the All Ireland concept that you know looking at an academic health science centre on the island also is something that we should be looking at towards, especially towards that area around an All Ireland base for research and, and innovation. Okay, very interesting. Thank you. Um, I suppose the COVID-19 crisis then, <laughs> very topical. Yeah. Um, it's been an extremely difficult for employees across all sectors um, and several challenges have loomed large, large uh, I suppose including uh, childcare, homeschooling, um, responsibilities, issues with mental health and burnout. Um, many companies, St. James's included, have taken really important steps to support employees during this COVID-19 crisis. How do you think the healthcare sector has coped um, overall? Um, with the challenges presented? Yeah, so I suppose it has been a challenging two-year period and, and um, you know, I think like all sectors, I suppose health is very much more so in, in, in the trenches and, and at, at the cold face of it all. Um, so I think overall, I think the health system has, you know, has coped with this reasonably well. I think I heard at the weekend, I don't know who was talking on the radio, I think, you know, I think it was um, Sam McConaughey talking about, you know, that there probably will need to be um, I suppose an evaluation, you know, nationally in relation to how how we've adapted to COVID and how we've managed with COVID. But I suppose if you talk locally about our own health system here in St James's, I think you know we have really coped well. I think you know I think we've been leaders as well. I think at the very beginning of the crisis, before I came here, I think your know, mask wearing was something that um, that James's actually would have been very at the forefront and um, and came out first. To be honest with you, about wearing masks. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, when you look back at, I suppose, in relation to big, large teaching hospitals um, that have, that, you know, you know, that have their own, I suppose, boards and, and you know, have their own um, infrastructure around them, I think there is an element that they, they probably can cope a little bit better, you know, like in relation, if you're looking at how we managed around, um, you know, logistics and, uh, you know, the expertise that you have on a campus such as this. So if you look at our clinical leaders, a lot of those clinical leaders were actually on the national airwaves as well. Yeah. So I think as a large teaching hospital with the expertise and the calibre of people that we have, um, you know, I think we I think we can pool those and we do cope with, you know, have coped very well with it. Um, and I think, the, you know, the health system as at large, I think we, you know, we, we've coped we've coped well. I think it was challenging. I think it's always been challenging as well in relation to what the unknown is. I think everybody was in this together. Mm. Uh, and I think what was nice about it, that hospitals in the beginning, especially at the beginning, were just let to get on with things as well. You know, I think when you're looking at, you know, I suppose in the past how we've done our business is that, you know, you were waiting for approvals or permission. I think there's an element of, at the very beginning of the crisis, um, especially the large teaching hospitals just, you know, got on with things. And I think that was very welcome that we were let that sort of yeah. latitude that we were able to do that. Freedom to be able to yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 
Um, I suppose that maybe leads into the next question about what you feel is the biggest strength of the organisation that is St James's, and I suppose you spoke about yeah, I think I think that's what I was uh, going to talk about, to be honest with you. I think you're right. I think it's people, it's people. And it was part of our own um, strategy and as part of the, the eight strategic programs of work that we put forward, like what, what needs to be coming out of that and will be coming out of that will be a people strategy. And I think you're absolutely right. I think the people has been our strong, um, a strong asset. And, and, you know, that has really been you know, at all sectors, you know, from the very beginning, from, you know, I suppose very much from the front line, uh, you know, from staff who work in all areas, um, right up to your, uh, you know, to your academics and your consultants and uh, and, and, your, and, and your senior nurses and, and all on the floor. So I think at all levels, I think, you know, what we've shown here in St. James's is that, you know, we have a very can-do attitude, uh, we're resilient, um, and you know we, we do actually lead and, and I think it's that leadership part in the hospital is really important. Mm -hmm. yeah, great. Talking about leadership, <laughs> are there any other women in leadership that you admire? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this, and this is always a difficult one when you think about it, but there, there is somebody I do admire, and it's probably a bit of a strange one, uh, but um, it, it's Karen Brady. Karen Brady is one of the, so Karen Brady was, um, she was chief exec, and I think she was chair of the board for West Ham. She's a very successful businesswoman. Oh, yeah. But what I actually like about her is that, you know, she's very much a woman in a man's world, mm -hmm. and she's done, yeah. so if you talk about it in a, in a, in a football club to get to that level as chief executive in a football club is, is, is pretty awesome and um, and, I, and I do so, like I admire her business um, acumen as well and uh, yeah, so I, I actually, that, that, and I love watching The Apprentice. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, do you have any advice for current and um, future healthcare leaders then? Yeah, so I, um, oh well I suppose really the advice is, um, you know, I think everybody should take the opportunities that's there ahead of them you know so if you talk if you spoke to me 20 or 30 years ago and say would you you think you're going to be chief executive of a hospital i would have said no I mean, that would have never been in the um, in the blueprint uh but i do think that you know the advice i would give is that you know there's loads of opportunities out there and i suppose fairness in nursing mm -hmm. i think has been a great example of that yeah. where you know if you go back even i don't know when i came home in 2000 the commission had just been um, published and like that was a great time for nursing because people were seeing different roles but even how that's evolved in that period of time that you know nursing is opening up a huge diversity of roles um, that I think it's very um, you know I think you need to take those opportunities you probably also I'd advise people just think you know people often think within their professional um, you know their professional uh, status and that and also you know to actually think outside of that as well, yeah. you know, to look at opportunities that, you know, if there's a role coming up that's a middle management role and you say, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a pharmacist or I'm a physio, I say, no, actually, why can't you do that, you know, because you've actually a huge skill set um, that actually is going to be really beneficial to all of those roles. So, yeah, so basically it's, um, yeah, it, 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 it's just to take the opportunities and think outside the box and absolutely, you never know yeah. where that's going to bring you. That's, that's a great advice, thank you. Yeah. And can I ask you, moving now into more personal questions, if you didn't work in healthcare, where could you see yourself? 
right, okay. Uh, well, I said, when I did, like when I was at school and that one of the, you know, I, I was the person who never wanted to do nursing or go into healthcare. So I, I, I never had, a, you know, it was never my career plan that I would actually go into healthcare. So I suppose what I was always interested in was business. And, you know, that's what I was saying when I you know, went to college, I started doing accountancy. So I did, and I used to love business at school. And uh, so maybe, maybe, maybe that would be the career that I would have, would have taken but I must admit like when I went into healthcare I never looked back and I've enjoyed every day and I knew the day that I started as a student nurse in, in Luton and Dunstable of all would be you know that you know this is actually a pathway that I mean, I've never wanted to deviate from so it's it's um, I know people say this sort of it's a very rewarding career but I do believe it is a very rewarding mm -hmm. career in healthcare. Yeah it is yeah. Um, what is the best book that you have read this year? Oh yeah, <laughs> so very bad for reading. So uh, I know I was trying to think that I'm, I'm terrible actually. I um, I read I read when I go on holiday. So I, I, I take two weeks off the end of August normally, and I bring about four or five books and I tend to read them. And then I always come back saying I'm going to continue to read it, yeah. but I never get time to do reading. So uh, so actually I I I. I um, I, I don't know. I, I I read a book at Christmas, all right, but I, I um, you have to make like I actually I have something on my I have something on my bedside table. It's a it's a new well it's not by Jane Austen, but it's one of the it's Mary you know, the one of the Bennett sisters. Oh yeah, I yeah. So they're actually right. There's a novel about Mary Bennett. Um, but yeah, I, I must admit I'm terrible yeah. at reading. I'm you're busy now, don't worry. So what what does the CEO of a hospital do to ensure that they get a good work-life balance. Yeah, I know, and that's always a, a challenging one as well because, um, like, I do work hard, I do enjoy, don't get me wrong, but I do work hard, and, um, yeah, getting that work-life balance is, can, can be challenging, but when I do, like, what I do enjoy is going out for walks, and mm -hmm. I used to love going to the gym, but I don't get as much to the gym now as I used to, but I do try to do some sort of, like, you know, Joe Weeks, I do my, like yesterday I did my stepper for Brilliant. about 15 yeah. to 20 minutes. But uh, yeah, I, I think you can't beat a good walk in the, in, yeah, in the countryside. That does tend yeah. to unwind yeah. you. Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing sure. your, your journey with us, Mary Day. And uh, that was very inspiring. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for to everyone who is listening. And if there are any other topics that you would like us to cover, please get in contact and send us an email to ICU Education Team at St. James. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very Thanks. much. I appreciate that.